Welcome to Inside the Firm, where uh, I'm your host, Alex Gore, with our other host, Lance Psycho. How's hello, it going? hello. Uh, we're here to just talk about how to start, run, and grow a business. Uh, we have multiple different businesses, so we're just here to give you an inside look. So let's kick it off. Alexander Keith Gore. That's my name. Congratulations. What did you do? Why am I congratulating you? Thank you. Uh, I passed all the ARE uh, exams, architecture registration exams. So In how many days? In... Well, you have the count. How many days? 180 days. 180. 180 days. How many days did you do it in? 185. <laughs> it's the only time Alex has ever beat me at anything. 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 Except, so I will admit, you're the better basketball player than me. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You beat me at that. Two times. Two times. But remember... You, me, you, me and my brother. Shout out Luke Psycho. Yeah. So in college, I used to beat you because i just get you more tired. That's true. And then I'd beat you. Yeah. But then... Yeah, but here. you were, yeah, and you were doing uh, army stuff. Army so, stuff. So you were working out, and then we were playing uh, pig, and you and Luke were going after each other, and I snuck up. It wasn't pig; it was twenty-one. I just destroyed you two. Luke's probably better than both of us. Um, you probably wouldn't admit that. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> back. <laughs> Stay on task. Uh, this is not a podcast about basketball. No, no. Uh, Ares. Uh, big. A lot of people have to take tests for certain different reasons. I have a question for you, and this is going to relate. If you're gonna have going to a knife knife fight, what do you take? It well, is it strictly a knife fight? I'm saying they have knives. What do you bring? This is a, a gun. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, you went there. Exactly. <laughs> so the reason I say that is when you're taking a test, I feel like they have a knife and you don't have anything. You just have your hands. And after so, I took five tests. Right, failed one, and when I failed that one, I got pissed. He's like, "This is this is dumb. I know my job. I know what I'm doing." Yeah, and it's hard not to take it personal. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not gonna bring nothing to a knife fight. Yeah. I'm gonna bring a machine gun. Wow. And some grenades. Wow. So I took a week and a half off. Uh huh. And I was like, I need to prepare better. So I started. I studied, restudied the Loki method for memorization. Okay. You might. I think you know this. I think it's kind of in everyone's general idea it's where you associate memories to a place sure some people call it the memory palace yeah right so started listening to this podcast uh i'll put a show notes to him anthony metieve i can't say his name properly okay uh something like that so then what i would do is i took uh i didn't study for the test that i failed i just kind of moved on and i was starting for it's called uh b BDCS or yep. BD yep. building building design and construction systems. systems. Yep. Yeah. And I took their practice tests, you know, Kaplan's or something, and there's like 250 questions, and there was, you know, I got like maybe 40 wrong or something like that. So then, in remember uh, on campus our architecture building. Yep. I went back through every question, memorized the answers, and like put them in a specific place. Okay. And then um, I did that for other, you know, like other things. I was like, I'm just, I'm bringing grenades to this fight. That's you know? interesting. Yep. Yeah. And then when I took my second one, uh-huh. again, I didn't know because it was, it was all new and I never wanted to be cocky. When I took uh, PPP the second time, I was like, man, this is just an easy, like, when are they going to get, when are they going to get difficult? There was a, some crazy, but it was nothing like the first time. And then when I took 5.0, the first one, I feel like I crushed. The second one, I was you know like eh you know do they grade them the same in the way they tell you pass fail isn't it a different way of pass fail like you it's a good pass bad pass like there's levels yep so before it used to be pass fail done pass fail and you'd get like one 
you get a score of one, two, or th- was it three? Yeah, for the second ones. For the first one. For the first one. Oh, okay. I think they changed it. I think they changed it. From when I took it. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just pass-fail. They didn't tell you anything. I think. No, they gave you like what you failed at because there's categories. Right. But now they gave you like how much you failed at. Like you failed at it a whole bunch, a medium, or not much. But what I thought they were going to do is how much you actually passed at too. Like, oh, you crushed it or you didn't crush it. 95%. Yep. They they just gave me a letter. You passed. That's it. Hey, you passed. And then you like download the PDF past (laughs) yeah like that's it i like that because i was like i was just so over the test i was like i don't care if it's a pass that's all i need to know these things are giving me ulcers yep yep so anyways my just uh tidbit that you could take from me or not take from me is they're they're so crazy you might as well bring some different tools to the table and i brought uh i re i looked into a memory system and applied that that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 That's it. I memorized the I, the things I remember memorizing the most were especially when he got the structures like how far uh, how far you could have rebar from the outside, you know, from the outside face or inside face of a of a foundation wall, yep. a footing. I think you should always know that stuff like that, which is why yep. like I I like that we've been bringing them up on the code questions. Yep. And then and then I also memorized formulas. And some people said <clears throat> so like we we watch the Thaddeus videos too. I'd recommend yeah. Yeah. I'd recommend getting David. a hold of those if you can. So David Thaddeus, he does uh, structural stuff. I don't know if he's going to do I imagine he's going to update it for 5.0 or something like that. But that helped too, right? Yes. Just concept-wise. And one of the things he says was, why I bring him up is he was like, well, you should just do con- you should be more worried about concepts in your formulas. But I was like, mm, I'm going to bring guns to a knife fight. And yeah. I'm gonna be worried about both. So I remember I memorized like deflection and how that whole, one whole worked. And I know for a fact I got a question about deflection on the structural test. And I like nailed it. Nice. It took me the longest. Like I left that one until the end. Yep. Because I I had you know X amount of time, and I was like, I'm just gonna make sure I get this one because I know I can get it. I know the formula. I know how to do it. Yep. So the the only criticism I have uh, of five oh, or the whole thing of the whole thing because I feel like there was a lot of it's weird because structures there was moment diagrams there was you know like okay this force is coming on you know this beam you know what are the reaction forces uh if this is a shear diagram what's the moment diagram all stuff that you know like people know from 4.0 should be in 5.0 but it wasn't as structural heavy and i wish that they'd go to like Mm. how we would teach structures meaning like okay all the you know you understand all those concepts okay here's a floor area now here's a hundred pounds, you know, like give, I just feel like you could give them a 3d because everything's 2d and that's fine. I understand like, okay, you, they do have a low, because sometimes they'll put like a hundred pounds a square foot mm-hmm. and you could just times that by an area, but they keep it real simple. Yeah. But I think, man, once you understand the concepts, why don't you give them one application question? You know, I think you should because, because I don't know, I use my stamp. Uh, I will stamp liberally. Small, small, I know, I know. I was thinking that. And I was, I'm not going to say liberally. Uh, I use it conservatively to stamp structural stuff, right. but it's based on what you just said. Where I know I can do a quick area calculation and then and then size a beam or do like a span chart and rely or on that. IBC code standards. Yep. IRC code standards with headers. All that other stuff. Yep, which they're in the book. I don't yeah. know if anybody knows that, but if you go, if you if you look into uh, specifically chapter twenty three for woods in the IBC, yep. it will give you span charts and you'll be able to size headers 
Um, it's pretty clear and logical, and it makes sense that they would do it because of the build. Because build, I think builders need to do it sometimes yeah. too. There, there's details in the IRC book too. There's yeah. details about how, you know how to do stuff. So as much as charts, it, right? As much as we hate the code books, like there's pretty good relevant like information that you can apply directly to your drawings. So yeah, everybody already knows that. Well, I'm just preaching I, to the I, choir I, here. I, yeah, I really want to teach a studio where we take an existing project, give them a different piece of land have them go through everything, go through, you know, like what city codes are to be used and then show them the code book and have them like, man, just be so practical. <laughs> you know what the problem with that is? What? And I feel like we, this, ha- we learned the lesson once we taught that one studio is that um, I don't know, a third of the kids were like, oh, this is great. And a third of the other kids were, ah, this is lukewarm. And then a third just hated it because they wanted to do crazy Zaha Hadid, you know, type of oopy loopy buildings and yeah. stuff like that. But but what's crazy is that, I mean, maybe you have to force the students because how many semesters of design well, at CU it's different because they take they they don't take as many studios as as other universities. Yeah. So. We got to design crazy skyscrapers, crazy buildings, all this other stuff. One of those, one of those semesters could have been used for heavy, heavy practicality. Yeah, and we sort of had one like that, but Which, it was uh, in Ma- fifth year. Yeah, Martin's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was close. No, no, no. Yeah. Third year. Third oh, third year. Where we had to like take an attempt to drawing a wall section in detail, water, how to do the waterproofing yeah. and all that. You know what? Then the next semester, fourth year, I would have said, okay, you got that out of the way. You got you got your system. Let's apply that system now. And let's look at codes and city ramifications. And well, yeah, that would be yeah. You could apply that for the instead maybe instead of the urban design studio, it could be that. Yeah. There you go. But you could do a big project like forty-five townhomes. Like eh, you kind of laying out the roads. Kind of talking about urban. No, you're design. making a you're making a community. Yeah, yeah absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, rock and roll. Uh, you also go back from vacation, my good man. Oh, I did. It was awesome. How was how was the cabin? The cabin was great. Um, I I said that we we don't go go on trips anymore. Me and you and and uh, your wife, your wife. Uh, yep, Lance has a wife. <laughs> yep, and my wife. Uh, but what I learned, is Annie and I go on on trips now, yeah. and we kind of we kind of toned it down just because we had the baby. But now he's becoming aware, and I'm like, man, I just grew a best friend. <laughs> <laughs> just made that little guy. Yeah, because uh, we'd go, you know, we'd stop at hotels and let him let him loose because we'd been driving for eight hours. Just just be screaming, crawling up a storm, all that. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. But you got some good advice up there. I did. All right. Well, not it. It was a lesson. Ooh. So we are driving back. We are done, and uh, all the family. There's like 20 of us hanging out at the park. And I took Atlas, uh, only dropped him once, so success. Success. He's success. You're allowed, you're allowed to drop your and child once a day. I actually didn't drop him. <laughs> I just put him on a seat, and he fell. And I actually pretty much caught him. Yeah. Um, and he started to cry for a little bit, and then I realized he just wanted to be put back down so he could play. Oh, so hilarious. then he was done. So I was yeah. like, all right, this is nothing. Yeah. Only my dad and my uncle saw it, so yeah, we were good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, Annie was, you know, the next day we're driving, and she's like, yeah, I was walking around the picnic tables, and I didn't know who to talk to. So I'd go talk to grandma. Grandma's super friendly. Grandma's awesome. Um, and she goes, it was great. Grandma was talking to, I don't even know who Zach, or it doesn't even matter, someone. So grandma put her arm around me and then looked at me when I came over and said, hey, Annie, we're talking about, and then explained the situation. And then looked back at whoever, let's just say Zach, my brother, and then continued the conversation. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And remember, so... Uh, 
I used to go to chamber events. Uh, you go to events. You know, we talked one of our podcasts was about going to events. Yep. And you and you had some icebreakers, and especially the icebreakers that you went over was, especially if it's an award. Yeah. You can say congratulations. Congratulations. It's so easy. It's yep. so easy. Yep. So all you got to do is go out there and just so everybody knows, you got to win awards. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. No it's big easy. Deal. And but then you got an icebreaker. What about these? And I don't know. Um, what about these ones where it's not awards? You're just meeting people. And I always remember, man, I'd walk up to some groups and I'd be standing, you know, like if me and you were talking, just standing there oddly. And the people in the conversation might not care. Oh, yeah, no, the, this new guy is standing right here. But you feel super awkward. Yep. I'm like, well, this was a great lesson. You can't expect other people to do that to, to you, but you can do that to them. So yes. if you're if me and you are talking and we're at some event and someone comes over, say, hey, you know. I'm Alex, whatever. We're talking about this. And then just keep, and then they'll know. And then maybe you'll set that precedence and maybe that will catch on I love in that it. group. I love it. Yeah. So Do you, like, can you name that? What is that? What would that be called? Like, can you categorize that? I don't know why. I don't know why I feel the need for that, but I do. I don't know. It's like a, it's like an intro. The loop in. The loop in. I like that. There you go. Yeah. You got to loop people in. You got to loop people in. To your conversation. Yeah, feed them into the conversation. Yeah. Yep. I think that's great. Yeah, what a nuance. What a nuance that you just like, you're like, whoa, that made a world of difference. All of a sudden, I wasn't sitting there all awkward. But it's so simple, though. It is so simple. I can't believe when you're I... Brilliant when I, at the basics. Every time. Oh, grandma. Thank you. <laughs> that <is> brilliant conversationalist. <laughs> um, so that that was my... I just wanted to share pe- that with people because oh, I think it was awesome. great. That's awesome. Well, I got something to share. Okay. So we got our first bad review online. Well, we've, dun, dun, dun. we've, got, we've got a few. We've got a few, but... Uh, um, yeah, one was like I didn't even find out about until this last year, I think. Um, and then we ended up deleting that account because we don't even use it anyway. And it was from way back when we first started and honestly knew a lot less. Yeah. <laughs> We're really faking it uh, before we make it. So the recent, most recent one, though, is, and I know we've mentioned Thumbtack over and over again on this podcast, but it, it is working for us. I'm actually going to sign a, a, a one of the biggest residential contracts we've ever got uh, uh, later today, which we're excited about. But anyway, we got our first bad review, and I was I was blown away by it because I I thought <clears throat> I think for the most part um, we don't have any clients currently or recently that are really really pissed at us and really that we that we didn't do a good job because usually if there's fires, you know Alex and I have preached over and over again you know take extreme ownership and run straight towards the fire and try to put it out as quickly as possible and and they're the best way and just own the problem and then solve it. So I feel like that's that's negated, literally negative reviews from yep. coming from coming yep. back to haunt us. I have a, a, a quick snippet extreme ownership that, Go for that it. we did wrong. Go for it. So uh, we're doing an addition in Denver. And remember how easy it used to be to permit in Denver. It's just... Up until this last year, it was, it was everybody was complaining still somehow, and I was like, well, "How? Our yeah. ours are just sailing through." I mean, yes, we get comments back, but that's you got they got, they have to comment on something, you know? Yeah. So uh, we get this project. We even get an example from you, right? From another one, and we keep getting like rejected because oh, you need this dimension, you need this dimension, you need this this dimension, and apparently there's an example. 10 pages, 12 pages that Denver has. And normally cities don't have like a 10 page example of like exactly what you're supposed to turn in. Um, sometimes they do. Sometimes it's just words. And finally yesterday I found, looked up and got the 10 page and was like, man, they are hitting on us. Like if it doesn't look exactly like this, even though the information is there, 
Even though, and then I even look back at your example. I was like, Will you send out a mass email to everybody later, to, like yeah. as soon as we're done with this? Yep. Just the whole firm and attach that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then I'll put it in our resources yeah, too. Tell, yeah, exactly. Um, but then I was like, man, because then I, then I think like, well, we had this example from, from Lance. Did we not even put that in? Like, did we mess up even like extra, extra hard? And it wasn't even on yours. Like it wasn't <laughs> even. <laughs> I got my face. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're, I mean, yours went through, you it know, went through. whatever. So it was just, it was, it was just crazy. So all I'm trying to say is that, man, this could have been solved by getting this sheet, knowing that like this sheet existed and how important it was and how, how did you find it, out about it then? Contract um, contractor said, told yeah. You so, so he said, so he gave me, you know, like he, he's supplied uh, a couple of sheets of it. Like, oh. oh, here's a couple of sheets. Here's a couple of sheets. And when I was like, I need to find the whole PDF. Oh, this is 12 pages long. Holy cow. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't just those sheets. Um, and then I even went, uh, he really wanted me to get it in because he's at the city. They, they have to, he, he shows up at six o'clock. There's a line. I know. It's you crazy. Can't even yeah, get we're in, in a building boom. Blah, blah, blah. So um, I even saw some stuff that the city didn't even say that they needed on yet, but it was still in that PDF. I'm like, I got to add this. You can't have a contractor there for six hours and then them bring up something else because he said, this was yesterday. All we need are these three points. So did those three points, looked at the sheet, saw a whole, you know, some more, then added those. I, I just have the feeling that they're going to come back and say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, poor guy, poor guy, poor guy. Yeah. Poor, poor. Poor city, poor BR. Anyways, the point is, again, the simple answer would have been, you know, could have been solved. Didn't have to, don't have to be a rocket scientist or anything like that. Just needed to do exactly what that sheet said. Yeah. Have that. Okay. So, egg on our face. Egg so, on my so face. what does that mean for, don't take extreme ownership or we didn't, we failed? No, no. It, 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 um, it just went back to uh, be brilliant at the basics. Yeah. There you go. Break it down. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, from here, we have like a dozen de- projects in Denver that are, we're going to need to prepare for to do this. So at some point, you got you to gotta cut your teeth, right? Yeah. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Back to Thumbtack. So we got a bad review. <clears throat> and at first, I thought it was, um, I was just kind of blown away. I even contacted a, I went and looked through like all the people that have hired us and I couldn't narrow it down to one until. Because the review is anonymous. Yeah, yeah. So that was the problem, and and actually, I want to read it because it's already it's public. So who cares? Um, I don't care. I'm I'm gonna re- I'm gonna review read it. So what? The, here's the review we got, and here's what was puzzling to me. Because first it goes, it doesn't show like a profile of anybody, so there's no picture, and then it says anonymous review, and then it starts like this: Be realistic on time. Projected to have a finished product. Remember: colon We are customers. Dot dot dot. We are paying to get a finished product. Not your opinion of us. Don't add in unnecessary items that will increase costs of building. If builder says something wrong slash unnecessary, change it. They are the ones that deal with the county. And I have to clarify, this review didn't even spell out with. It was just W. And so why I say that is, like, when you're online and you're doing anything social media-wise, I feel like you can pick out the way people spell things or use the grammar if, like, Oh, you're, you're, you're kind of crazy. I feel like you're a little bit crazy. So, um, so that's the way I took this review at first. I go like, I don't know if this is even directed at us per like right at us. I wonder if this is like a spam review going to anybody. 
So I responded as nicely as I could um, because I wanted to know, hey, I wanted to solve the problem. So I said, hey, hi, Anonymous. I am sorry to hear this, but I have no idea if you are actually a former or current client of ours because everyone seems to be happy with our services. We also do work with builders very well and change things as needed if they are in fact needed. Lastly, we never add in unnecessary items. We design to code and only add in extra items when asked to do so by our customers. I would welcome a lunch or coffee to clear the air. Please feel free to get in touch with us at any point directly. Best wishes. Yeah. So, so, go so this was kind of why it was a little bit weird to me was uh, uh, we pay you to do something, not your opinion of us. And then also when a builder says something, do it. So what was weird about that is it, it threw up a red flag. One in, in the, the general sense of, hey, just because a builder says something doesn't mean that that's what's required or what's structurally sound or, or whatever. Like it, it, it's a generally wrong statement. But those two in combination made me think like, okay, was the builder doing something and then blaming it on us and not even letting us know? I think so. Like, oh, they, the architect should have done this or, oh, they're not getting back to us, even though they never contacted us. You know, they just, maybe they don't have their stuff together. And then the blame game just got passed to us without us even being in the loop. Being aware of it. Exactly. So, so yeah. So I, so we were literally blindsided by the review again, because we thought, you know, as I explained all the previous points before, we don't have to go back into it. Um, so I got in, I got in touch. So I, I responded like that, and then I got in touch with um, I got in touch with customer service at, at Thumbtack, and I said, "Hey, I would like to report a potentially spam review." And they said, "Okay." So they went and looked at our profile, and they go, and I said, "That doesn't seem real to me." I said, "I have no customers do this," and I, and then and the and the bigger point was I said. How can they anonymously review? Mm-hmm. Because you can't do that on Google. Literally, if you go to if you go to a, if you Google a business and then you go to review them, you have you have to be signed into your Google account to leave the review. I do it all the time for people that we like working with. Like I feel like spreading the love. Yep. You can't do it on um, Amazon, but uh, uh, Angie's list either. You have to put your name and th- and Yelp. And Yelp is like the king of the reviews, right? Yeah. Like South Park did a whole episode of that, or a couple episodes. I think it was Yelpers or something. So I expressed that to the customer service lady. And as I said, I said, this, I said, I'm not, I'm just giving you my reaction. I'm not trying to tell you guys how to do business, but. But I am. But I am. Uh, (laughs) This seems like. You're the oddball. Yeah. This seems like you're the oddball. Seems like you're going against anti, anti anti-internet because anti-internet, the the idea behind the internet is transparency of information, of knowledge, of people, of of all these things. And that so it levels the playing field. Yep. So ESPN learned that lesson years ago and I was very upset um, because they used to have comments on game matchups. It was the best. It was the best thing to do. It was, oh, took up so much of my time. (laughs) It was awesome because it'd be like NDSU versus Iowa and it would just be smack talk after smack talk, just people being terrible, just being hilarious, being ruthless to each other. Mm -hmm. And then they made it. So you had to sign in through Facebook and then it, it was yourself. And the comments just went from literally, I would look and, uh, it'd be like 5,000 comments of NDSU versus Iowa and like Alabama would have like 2,000 because it'd just be these threads of just terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's, it's 10 comments per game now. Oh. Uh, so well, just but, 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 that, but that proves the point. Yeah. It, 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 holds no people, tr- it holds people accountable on both sides. Yeah. So, so the, the, the gal said, um, oh, well, it's, it's anonymous because we had a... Cu- so... She couldn't explain why it was anonymous. 
All right. So then I went. So then I went one step further and I said, um, "Well, how can?" I said, "I don't think this is a customer. I don't think this is a customer." And she goes, "I said, who can leave these reviews?" And she said, "Well, anybody who's interacted with you. So if you get a a request for services from Thumbtack and you respond to the request, right? You just say, "Hey, it's going to cost X amount of dollars. Can I meet you here this day? Whatever." They can give you a bad review. So I just want everybody to be aware of that, number, yeah. number one, and be careful in that regard. Um, so then I let the thing simmer for a couple days, and then I called. I called one more time and because I, I said, hey, I thought about this. I really think this is a spam review. What can we do to look up to, to get rid of this review? Yeah. It, it is only one bad review out of 25. Like We're still yeah. a five-star company. So then I got down to the anonymous part. And the, the this uh, the second representative said you can own you can the reason why we have the anonymous reason on there and we thought long and hard about it is we had customers come back to us we had a specific customer uh, who left a review for a pro and the pro went after them in sort of in a pretty harsh way oh, and, and like start, a Donald Trump way like being exactly a, like a Donald Trump way yep just yeah. and just bullied them and you know. You've got this little customer. Maybe it's a bigger company. Isn't it crazy I how one it. person can ruin it? You've uh, heard that so many times. And that's what I said. That's what I said. I said, so you guys really let one bad apple ruin it for all the pros? I said, do you understand how weighted this is now against the pros? I said, here's an idea. How come we don't get to leave reviews for customers? What if I need, What if? What if a bunch of pros have worked with this terrible customer and this customer is like sue happy? Why don't they get to review the customer so that these pros can go, they get a request and they go, two stars? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Or just unrealistic or don't know what's going on or just incompetent. People are incompetent. Yeah. People are incompetent. Yeah. There's no way around that, right? Or they're just jerks or like unpleasant, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> the lady goes, I understand, and we'll take it down, and we'll write something up. She goes, here's, she goes, here's my suggestion. Once a week, send in your request to change this. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing now. Is once a week, I'm, I'm putting it on my calendar, like, oh, send in your complaint to Thumbtack. So what I'm, what I'm going to send in is, and so then I went, and I go, hmm, maybe I can rally the troops on social media. So I went to, it's a closed group, and it's, it's Thumbtack Pros on Facebook. And I wrote this pretty lengthy thing, and I said, hey, um, I won't read it all. Um, you'd have to get included into the group and request it or whatever. Um, but basically I said, Hey, <clears throat> I explained the situation and I said, what I, is, would everybody be up to doing this? And I'll read this statement. It's just send in this statement. So if anybody's listening to this and they, and they feel like they would like to try to even the playing field for the pros, because I, I think it would be a better overall platform is if everybody was transparent. That way you have good pros working with good clients, right. and then you have maybe, I don't know, pros who are just desperate, and they're like, screw it, I'll take on the crazy person. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> maybe their matches may have been heaven. I have no idea. Yeah. So so what I'm suggesting is once a week to send in this little statement. And I'm not trying to attack Thumbtack. I'm trying to make it better. I want to make it clear for that. Like I, th- and I think it would. Uh, I am a Thumbtack pro, and it has come to my attention that customers are allowed to submit reviews anonymously. Can we either not allow customers to review anonymously, or can we, the pros, be allowed to review them? This would even the playing field. Mm-hmm. Pretty, and, and that's literally all the words. It's like it's kind of like Twitter. You have like 160 yeah. character max or something like that. So that's part one of the rant. Okay. Okay. <laughs> part two is actually more educational. So I had a few other pros respond back to me, and one of them, and I won't name his name. But I want to read this little story. To, I want to read this little story to everybody because I think you, 
we we are actually going to change the way we are right now when we we buy credits in in bulk from Thumbtack to bid on uh, requests, <clears throat> and it automatically charges our credit card. And here's the word of caution with with that. Okay, everybody should be aware of this because it, it could cost you thousands of dollars. So this gentleman says, Lance, good comment. Bad news though. Google bought Thumbtack a while back. If you think a blind review is crazy, wait till you experience Thumbtack's arbitration policy. It might turn your stomach. So I said, please elaborate. And he goes, I bid a job with multiple repairs as a flat rate. Got there and customer had beds slash desks in the way. Huge king size furniture. He told me moving moving is his pro- my problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he might... Uh, or he might... The next night, I did stove install, hood install, one toilet, blah, 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 blah. So he keeps, he keeps going on, and then he goes, um, another man. So mind you, if he works at home daily, but this particular, oh, I, I should back up. So he, he moved all this stuff. He got a final, final payment. And then three weeks later, he said, a leak at dishwasher flooded his house. Mind you, he works at home daily, but this particular leak was so bad. If he caused a flood, but so small, he never noticed water anywhere ever he messaged thumbtack and never me another handyman came out and told him the connection at the sink was wrong thumbtack wrote me i told thumbtack i didn't connect at sink just at dishwasher and if another worker was there before me i can't be responsible he said twenty thousand dollars i said no way but he still did not contact me mind you he texted me and emailed me three weeks later ordering products thumbtack settled his claim and since i would acknowledge his dispute they canceled me Told them whole timeline. Told them the whole timeline didn't work. Thumbtack paid them. Hold on, exactly. He called another pro and never talked to me. They say it's up. It's up in a debate. Uh, it's an update, and we all agreed to. FYI, FYI, the year I spent five thousand dollars. And then, and then he continues, and this is, and then it'll go back to me. Oh, Thumbtack the next day tried to back charge my credit card twenty two thousand dollars to cover. Told them. Told my credit card to tell them to F off. <laughs> uh, F off uh, and block them from auto withdrawals from my account. Something else they don't tell you on auto pay. This is why I bring this up. I think this is critical for everybody. So then I said, wow, that's a crazy story. So would your advice be to not allow withdraw auto withdrawals as a precaution? He goes, yep. Uh, customer was a scammer, which brings you back to my original Whoa. point. So that's why I really feel, when I'm ranting about this, I feel strongly about it, like, knowledge is power and so you know we're up against i think we're up against a wall here <laughs> yeah what, what's crazy is that this the construction field has took this guarantee to a whole new level amazon i've never had a problem um returning something just return it whatever even though amazon is a bunch of different in, individuals it seems to always work out and i wonder if amazon even has you know kind of their back um, same thing. Some people have bought our, our lift template from revitfurniture.com and they've returned it. Uh, and some of them, I honestly feel were scammers. Some, we, we had actually good communication. Like, Hey, I, I looked at it. I, I tried using it. It's actually not applicable to what I do. I go, no problem. I'll, I'll even give you your return. And yep. we, and we knew that from the beginning with our product, that digital product is like, well, there could be people that just scam us. And we're like, well, we might just, they got to take the risk. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, we're not going to, we, we're not smart enough computer wise to like encrypt it. I don't know. Yeah. And then there's been other people that are either architecture firms or construction companies or whatever who just literally cancel payment, ask for all their payment back. I'll email them because, you know, when they buy it. And then I'll even email like their, their work account and like, oh, you just 
don't want to pay and you're just asking, you know, you're just, you're literally just stealing. You are literally yep. <laughs> stealing. Yep. Um, but for a website to cover construction costs seems crazy. They have a, uh, how much you pay, how much you pay Thumbtack? A month? Yeah. I, I think we're spending around $200 a month. Okay. That's substantial, but still a 20,000. You got it. construction costs can go out of hands, and I don't know if they have the expertise to to realize what's happening. Exactly, exactly. So we are going to take our credit card off AutoPay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's number one. And then, um, if anybody else, if anybody else out there is is really, a, please just email me um, at lmc at f nine productions dot com if if you are a Thumbtack user and you're interested in in joining my cause, our cause. Uh, I would, I would love to have you on the team. I think we can make a, a positive difference. I'm really just pointing towards a positive difference for everybody because I think it's got, people have to be held accountable on both sides, both sides. If, if we deserve a crappy review, we deserve a crappy review, but it would be nice to know. It would be nice town. Look, Denver gets smaller every day for me. It's probably you too. Like you yep. meet one person and then they know who you are. Like people, people know who F9 is at this point in Denver Metro, right? Our name gets spread around. So like, I don't know. I would like to just try to even things out with people as much as possible in life. Yep. Yep. There you have it. There you have it. So <laughs> I'll continue. I got a crappy review. Oh, okay. On, uh, um, Angie's list. Ah, so, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'll tell you my strategy. For when, when was yours? Over, over my vacation. Oh, nice. So working up to my vacation, not only was I trying to get everyone set up, all my guys set up, we had huge deadlines for huge projects. Um, and then, and then I had my two tests, uh, and then just getting, getting everything right. Just, Oh, and then Angie's list with all those things, just be literally just over my head, overwhelmed with too many stuff, too many top priorities, too many big projects. Right. So this one client, uh, emailed, we went back and forth and then also their last email to me was to ask me for like a rough estimate. Like we won't hold you to it, but rough, rough estimate for construction costs. Mm. Just never got back to them. Just totally skipped my mind. Just never got back to them. And then, and then they left me like a, a bad review. So I'm like, oh crap. I just totally spaced them out. Um, so I just emailed them and just said, Hey, sorry. Uh, you know, apologized then said, uh, we, we got so many, you know, responses. I just couldn't, you know, handle it. Not an excuse. I'm sorry that, you know, we didn't respond to you in a quick manner. You, you know, you deserve great service. We've actually changed our ad so that we, I, I changed the ad. So instead of it's like three hours for 99, um, and then you get like some sort of drafting and stuff. I I said now because we just can't handle, I can't handle the amount of work. It's now, uh, three hours for, uh, 299 mm -hmm. and there's no drawings and it's just a kind of review and it says specifically for like uh, new houses or like commercial work or big additions right uh emailed her she said you know hey, thanks great you know had some back and forth um asking her if anything i can do and then then pretty soon then i'm going to ask if she can update her review that's awesome. her review. but at least you got to contact that specific person Yes. That's my point. Yep. It and, seems. And I told her it was our fault. I, I dropped the ball. Absolutely. Yep. So, and you knew you dropped the ball. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, I have a freaking clue if I dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kills yep. me. Yep. As a oh. person who is like, you know me, just like A-type and anal. Like, I need to know 
solutions, problems, all that. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. And it, it's one bad re- review out of like 10. And I've actually seen other bad reviews from other architecture firms. And then I get to respond on Angie's list and did it, you know, it was very nice and all that. And I've seen them from other firms and they explain the situation like, oh, okay. I get, you know, I can see that happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And on that. Makes it seem more real. It does make it seem more real. I actually think, and on that note, here's the last thing I think I would say about um, negative reviews is, um, let's see here. <coughs> uh, so this guy says, so this guy says, this is somebody that responded and they said, um, I am at about 180 reviews, but a couple of years ago when the count was much less, I was going over my reviews. All of them are Thumbtack customers. None are shill. And between 20 or 30 uh, should have had the verified label. Oh, maybe that's not what he said. I think he said something. Basically, he, oh, one second. Different guy. Different guy might have been. Uh, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Here's what we should end with, with this little rant is. Astute customers who read reviews on a regular basis understand the concept of the occasional mental case posting a bad review and will look at the overall ratio of good to bad for a given product or service. Right. Also, on Amazon for books, I always click on the bad reviews because the good review, I'll read one or two good, then I'll read the bad reviews, and then I'll decide if the book was just fluff or if the person is coming out of nowhere or they maybe they have their own weird agenda yeah against this particular author or this particular movie director or yep. whatever and a lot of times the bad reviews almost make me want to buy the book more it's like yeah. oh i would agree with that 100 yeah. percent. yeah so there you go so i, I don't know this 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 episode should be called bad reviews <laughs> oh, I, how to how to deal with uh online reviews yeah. honestly there you go yeah yeah how yep. do you do it i don't think anybody talks about that too much so there you have it. Okay, we'll move out of uh, crazy territory. Unless you had something else to add, Al. Do you have more to add? Just crazy in general. Just crazy in general. Um, and into uh, our bestie, Nick. Nick. Nicholas Reeds. Yep. Here, Here we, we go. go. Hello, best friends. It's been too long. A reading. But I don't understand. Why do you want me to think that this is great architecture? He pointed to the picture of the Parthenon. That said, the dean is the Parthenon. So it is. I haven't the time to waste on silly questions. All right, then. Rourke got up. He took a long ruler from the desk. He walked to the picture. Shall I tell you what's rotten about it? It's the Parthenon, said the dean. Yes. God damn it, the Parthenon. The ruler struck the glass over the picture. Look, said Rourke. The famous flutings on the famous columns. What are they there for? To hide the joints in the wood. When columns were made of wood. Only these aren't. They're marble. The trilaglyphs. What are they? Wood. Wooden beams the way they had to be laid when people began to build wooden shacks. Your Greeks took marble and they made copies of their wooden structures out of it. Because others had done it that way. Then your masters of the Renaissance came along and made copies in plaster of copies in marble of copies in wood. Now here we are, making copies in steel and concrete of copies in plaster of copies in marble of copies in wood. Why? The Fountainhead by Anne Rand Come on, who doesn't love Howard Rourke? Lance, to be the best, 
you must lose your mind. Toodles! I, I think it's fair to say not only is Nick our best friend, but he's your best friend too. Exactly. Uh, he was a little bit sick there, if you couldn't tell. Well, what's your reaction to, to that? So I haven't read The Fountainhead. Shame on me. Shame on you. Absolutely. Seriously. Um, my reaction is, what is it? What is is just a question. So what are they saying? Coppings don't copy? Well, what I got was the end. The, the last quote was, he said, why? Like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. You're literally making a marble car uh, column like you would a wood column because that, you know, hid the jo- joints on top, but it's fake. It's, yeah, it's fake. Um, so you want me to go to my response? Or you can keep you, going. Okay. So what I got, I go, why is such an important question? And I have two examples, maybe even three, but there's a civic center expansion to in Rochester, uh-huh. right? And Corey asked my brother, he goes, uh, what do you think of it? I go, I think it's terrible. And then I explained why. Oh. So they had the Civic Center. It was okay. It was brick. And then they added um, an expansion onto one side. And it's just basically glass, and it's very subtle. And it's, you know, nice, but nothing too sophisticated. I go, they didn't kind of know what to do. They needed an entrance, so they just made a nice, subtle glass entrance. But totally okay, like 10 years ago. Then they added a museum to the other side. This one's more modern. I think you've even seen it. It's the one that's uh, like Core 10 mm-hmm. and, and crazy and zinc, mm-hmm. you know. I go, but it's still subtle. Then they took, then they added this big expansion onto the front. And think about uh, a skyscraper podium, okay. a, a new skyscraper podium where they're using just a generic, you know, huge curtain wall. And I go, the scale is all off. And oh. then also what they did, I go, this is in the city. And you know, Rochester, for being small, is pretty dense. It's pretty city-like in its It's an urban, yeah, it's a crazy urban environment. Yep. Then they have these huge pillars of st- stucco. And I'm like, one, this looks like a residential application holding up this overhang that has no structural support for the glass because you can see that the glass is supported behind it and there's steel behind it. So I'm like, they made oh, these for no reason. Just to do it. And then they did it like, I was like, this is just, it's it's so gross. What did Corey say to your reaction? He, he, I don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> Damn architect. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing too is that I was reviewing one of our projects and it's a, a whole bunch of townhomes and the the units are like flipped, mirrored. And I just asked him why. Why is this one facing this way, this one facing this way? And w- like one pattern of, of buildings was more uniforms where one was more, you know, flippity floppity. And I had, I didn't care. Well, I didn't know which one. I honestly, why is this one like this? Why is this one like this? Do you get bigger yards? Do you know, do you not get, is bigger? there a rationale behind it? Is there a rationale? And that's all I was trying to get across is like, the answer could be you could go with one or you could go with the other, but are you asking yourself why? And, 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 if not, someone might. And if you have no answer, that looks that looks bad. So I just like that. I don't know. They examining why. And I never thought, you know, why are those, you know, the capitals at the top? Like, oh, it was for wood to hide the joints. But now they don't need to. Why do we do that? I wish more people in general asked that question and seriously examined it. You know, I think yeah. we'd be better off right now. I think things would be as crazy as, as we they appear to be on the, on the mainstream news if more people were asking why. And they tried to get to the core of why X is mad or the Y is mad or, you know what I mean? And yeah. really, really clear, critically thought. I shared a podcast um, with, a, with a friend of mine and to, to say, like, here's why things are getting crazy. 
and it's because these two these two different sides are not listening to each other and nobody you know everybody's just rah, 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 rah. and she goes oh it's an hour long i'm like that's exactly you're part of the problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> would you just examine it for a little not bit that. and i get it like my wife my wife just turns off um the news or you know stuff like that she has she just has, avoids the internet at this point and she's super happy and she you know so i'm the filter for like any kind of crap i see and stuff like that so i get it but man i think overall as a society with everything man we'd be better off and um going back you said if people ask why they'd get to the core of it which goes back to one of our principles simplicity and what is another problem? So besides all the problems with the government and everyone going crazy with left versus right, the fundamental problem, I, I think, like, I almost want to strip all that away and say, well, they're still trying to regulate every single yes. scenario. Yes. I'm like, so that means it can only increase in complexity, which means it can only increase bureaucracy, which means when we, when we go back and they have these 12 pages and they need the dimension exactly like this because they can no longer think, Oh, is that dimension in a different place? Is that information there? Because there's so much bureaucracy, it doesn't matter. And the contractor called me and complained. He's like, this has nothing to do with how I'm going to construct it. All of this has, I already know how it's going to be. This built. is only satisfying the bureaucracy. This is only sanity. Yep, exactly. And that's where, you know, some of these counties are better. You can turn in like four page sets and it's, it, it's all fine. And it, it makes it so that they can't think and they can't change because you have to follow all these rules. And it's why, why, <laughs> why? Maybe that's what the episode should be called. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, next up, next up, we've got uh, another one of our besties, Devin Tilly from uh, Art of Construction. Can, can Podcast. I pause you? Sure. Hit pause button on Lance. How do we keep that balance in our firm between, hey guys, here's what we have to, you know, like standards and checklists and all that versus why <laughs> you know what i mean isn't that key so as we grow we don't get this formulaic where man we make a crappy ass civic center edition that's just terrible because this is the formula just don't ever forget about why yeah. I, don't, I don't i'm not i don't buy that the, there's going to be a formula that dictate that makes us make crappy stuff i think yeah. i think it's good to have some framework and work within yeah. that framework, right? You got to have that. So I'm I'm not worried about that. You okay. Just, we just got to make sure we keep asking why. That's as simple as there answer I can give you. Okay. Okay. Back to Devin. Devin. Uh, Devin. Devin's joining us here for his this week's uh, worst and best advice. So here we go. All right, my friends, Lance and Alex, you asked the Art of Construction to give us our best and worst advice. As a note, I did mention uh, us on the Art of Construction doing this on your show. So the cross-collaboration of the Art of Construction, we're all for and big fans of your show. So, Devin, Till, you're going to start, and then Kevin will circle it back. My best advice, one word. You ready? Read. And I was not a reader. My father-in-law is one of my advisors when he said, well, what's your last book you read? What are you reading? Ah, I kind of, you know, listen to magazines and <laughs> fake, you know, I didn't read. And I was not, you know, I was not succeeding as fast as I wanted to. And it's hard to get into that, especially when you're building a business, you know, having kids and all that stuff. So I talk, I do a presentation called The Full Life Perspective now, and I talk about that, that my best advice was to read but utilizing technology to read. So I'm big into Audible, 
podcasts, as you, I'm sure, are aware of when uh, I run my own podcast show, The Art of Construction, but reading and always be learning. I was at the Berkshire Hathaway Summit, and they asked the final question to Warren Buffett, and you know, what's the best advice? He said was always be learning. And how do you always be learning? Always be reading. Worst advice. First job in the construction industry, in the corporate world, distribution center and door shop, systems were not in place. My first boss, I said, well, how should we set this all up to go sell? And he goes, Devin, just go out and sell and we'll figure it out. Worst advice I ever was told because him and I went out and sold. We're good sales guys. Well, we went out and sold all this stuff and then we couldn't perform on that. I spent four years going around with damage control about fixing the mistakes of what I sold the wrong way. So again, back to the best advice is always be learning, but set up really good systems. Don't expect what you don't inspect to grow your business. Hope that helps, guys. Kevin, the floor is yours. Well, what I would say on the best advice is to embrace change because the only thing, there's an old adage, you know, an old cliche that the only thing certain are death and taxes. And the reality is everything is constantly changing. But as human beings, a lot of times we don't like change because it's not easy. It, it takes a little work. It takes a little upset. you gotta, you got to roll with the punches. But the reality is life, and in particularly in the construction arena, it is constant change. That's the only thing that is certain in construction is constant change. So, you know, my philosophy with that is to change or die. And there's a great book entitled Change or Die talking about the fact, as an example, as human beings, again, many times people that have gone through traumatic health situations where they've had quadruple bypasses, you know, the the, the percentage of people that have actually changed their eating habits to avoid a second bypass-type surgery is phenomenally low. That's how much people resist change. You would think that on your death's door, you're faced with an opportunity to live, and you get a, a you know triple, quadruple bypass, whatever the case may be, and, man, you're going to start eating some healthy food. The reality is most people don't even with that. So that's what I would say is embrace change, change or you will die. And, again, that's a great book. I can't think of the author's name right off top, but... It's a great book called Change or Die and gives you a lot of good details on how to work through that. I think the worst advice would be to completely believe what are otherwise considered to be trusted sources. So whether it's your doctor, your lawyer, whatever it may be, always have a little curious suspicion and always go to the end result to, as Devin said, you know, don't expect what you don't inspect. And that's the truth. If you inspect it, if you vet it yourself, the chance of error becomes dramatically less. So I think the worst advice would be to just simply accept trusted, uh, you know, figures without really uh, checking it out. Because the reality is everybody is human, whether they're a lawyer, again, a doctor, an engineer, whatever the case may be. You can get in a lot of trouble if you believe those guys without checking it. So that would be the case. Awesome. Well, Devin and Kevin from The Art of Construction, hope this helps. We're big fans of you guys. Keep up the good work. Signing off, Art of Construction. Keep crushing it inside the firm. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks, Devin and Kevin. Sorry I didn't mention uh, Kevin right away. I didn't realize it was going to be Kevin, Devin, and Kevin, but perfect, perfect uh, duo there. Yeah, so uh, they they have a podcast, Art of Construction. Highly recommend it. Um, 
my notes that I have a takeaway is the read. I hear this often and I, and I do read, but you know, I skip between books. I'll have three, you know, it's not, you always have like two or three that you're reading at one time. Right. And then you're kind of like shuffling through it. I'm kind of, yep. Shuffling through it. And then things come in the way architecture test, baby, you know, life, life gets in the way. So I'm wondering, here's the idea is that maybe we ask Devin or some other people for, for a business, uh, not a startup, not, what what book should we we read? And the one I hear a lot, and I brought up, is the E Myth. And should we just start reading a chapter a week, me and you, and then and that's a new segment to help everyone else out? It's like we just go over our notes, go over our reaction to it, give a little summary of it. It's just one segment, and it forces us to do this recommendation that everyone says. What do you think? Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it would force me to read. Yeah. Um. Because there you go. So jumping into De- uh, Devin's. Um, advice. I know. I did. I feel like I hear it once a week. Read, 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 read. And I don't. I don't really read a lot. <clears throat> I do listen to a ton of different podcasts, and sort of that's that's my way of reading. But I have heard that there's a big difference in the way your brain um, interprets the information audibly versus visually. Uh, and I don't know if there's a consensus out of whether you observe one one or one or more. So. I was happy to hear, I was trying to like justify like, well, I don't read. And then out, then Devin said audible. And that's one thing I've been trying to, I, I need to get into is like, okay. Cause I have a stack of like 14 books in my closet that look at me every day. And they're like, are you going to ever read me? Mm-hmm. And they're either the books that I've even ordered. Like one is the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, war of art, the art of war. Yeah. Is that what it's called? The, uh, yeah. Art of war? The, the, the war of art. The war of art. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. But, but, um, maybe we could do audible with, you know, like, because you're so used to these podcasts and maybe you play some and, and I, I, I kind of want to make the excuse to podcast podcast. You know, I listen to podcasts. I listen, I read blogs, but a book is someone's research yep. over time. And it, and it, and the other thing is if you get one that's 10 years old and someone's recommending it, like, Oh, so this is stood the test of time. And everyone says exactly. that this is stood the, the test of time. Yeah. Yep. And yep. the, yeah. So, um, I think we should try to bring that segment, um, to hear. Yep. His second, his worst advice. It's so funny because that's sometimes advice we give and a lot of people give. Just do it. Just do it. Just, Just do it. Ask questions. Ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. You know? Um, but the follow-up to that was get you, if it's only okay to do that if you have a system in place. Bam. And I think we did from the beginning. It was make a system, a template so that you could handle these projects respond to everyone quickly, have a, uh, a contract template set up. So maybe we don't say that as often, but it, it's just do it. Make your system. Just do it with your system in place. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. No. <laughs> Kevin, um, Kevin brought up uh, change is inevitable. What I think of when Kevin, when Kevin said that, I thought like, how does that, what is that, how does that translate to like architects or designers? So one of the things that I've, I've, I take pride in is now, but I think it only happens if you, when you become like a seasoned architect or a designer is a client, you, you send something off to a client and it's a new design and you love it. You're just totally in love with it. And then they come back and they go, can we just not do this and do something completely different? I've learned to not get emotionally attached to designs mm-hmm. whatsoever anymore. And I think, and I've, I've, I know when young designers, cause I've seen them in our office get emotionally attached to it. And then the client comes back and I'm like, you just, I, and I, I bring it up like at that point, I'm like, this is a good learning lesson is don't get emotionally attached to it because change is going to happen from a client and, or the city even. 
Yeah. And so you just have to get used to that and it'll make you a better professional. Yeah. And then, so I've fallen into that same pattern and just know, Hey, I'm going to, what I make, it's going to be my decision. Yes, you know? exactly. Yep. Like my house. Exactly. Like I made, I made my house how I exactly how I wanted it. Yep. Um, change your die. Uh, at first I didn't have a reaction to this, but then I didn't, uh, to add on to it, you've ever heard if you're doing the same, uh, same thing with same results, you know, you're, you're crazy if you don't change. So one example of this is I was trying to lose weight because Lance and everyone at the firm in the winter was making fun of how fat I was. Gets his, <laughs> gets his weight, get winter weight. <laughs> so anyways, eating well, and then even working out, uh, even gym membership and then even on the treadmill, but still wasn't really doing it. Right. So I was like, well, I got to keep testing it out. And I had a theory in my head, like, okay, this treadmill is okay, but I feel like there's something different about the road, you know, running outside, you know, not on a treadmill than on a treadmill. And then the pounds started to fall off even more. So it was like, if you are not getting the results you need, then change an experiment, change an experiment. Yep. Uh, last thing, worse, worse advice is, uh, just to, just to trust, don't just trust everything. Absolutely. Be suspicious about everything. Even little, little snippets of news, especially now when you hear about all this fake news from every single side. Um, but also, also I would say, you know, if you're doing like an addition to an existing building or something like that, or, or be suspicious if, if you're just a business owner in general of like a client and maybe like do a little bit of due diligence or Google them, see if they've been in any other lawsuits. Try to just try to vet everything that you're doing within reason. Yeah, because I think what we preach is that you could probably boil everything down to uh, something simple or fundamental. And a lot of the just think about, you know, no one has trust in politicians, e- even when they're arguing back and forth, they're all just switching sides um, contractors, I'll go into this briefly. Yeah, we got time. We, um, we got a little bit of time. We got to wrap it up because we got code questions next. So, okay. I don't care as much about code questions. <laughs> <laughs> so when an owner or a contractor questions you yep, or gives you a question. So one of the best, another best advice is develop your people. So, uh, people might be afraid of questions from an owner or a contractor. And I think there's a couple different categories of where those questions are coming from. One is they just can't find the information. They don't know what's going on. So it's, it's as simple as just say, oh, look on this page or yep. here it is. Yep. Um, another one, which is recent, is I don't think these problems are too difficult. They just don't want to think about it. Yep. Because you're the, you know, like, exactly. hey, what are we going to do there? So yep. you get a question and you might think like, oh, man, what are we going to do? I'm like, oh, if you just spend 10 minutes thinking about it, they just don't have 10 minutes to think about it. That's, that's why. Same thing me. I got a question. I forwarded it to one of my guys who way less experience came up with solution. That was it. Like, Oh, it just took thinking power Mm -hmm. Didn't take any expertise whatsoever. Um, and then the, another category would be, they just don't know how to build. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They just fundamentally don't know how to build. That might take some experience to answer. Um, so I kind of get that one, but that's why you have bosses or a firm and you can ask them, you can ask up the chain too. Um, there you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again, Devin and Kevin. Check them out, Art of Construction Podcast. Uh, it is it is it is great. They have great guests, and it's very well done um, from a professional level. It's professionally produced. So, last thing here, we got to wrap it up because I have a client coming in in nine minutes. Uh, chapter Chapter twenty three Wood. We're continuing with the code questions. Here Alex, we go. Has, Alex has clearly shown that this is the key to his ARE success. <laughs> Wood. <laughs> okay. So this is more notching stuff. 
Ah, from uh, from last week's. Okay, the third. So two three zero eight dot seven dot three dot one ceiling joist and rafter connections. Ceiling joists shall have a bearing surface of not less than how many inches at the top plate on each end? A one inches. B one and a half inches. C two inches. D three inches. Two inches. Nope, one and a half. One and a half. Yep. That makes sense because that's not only the width. You there know. you go. That's what I think. That's too. easy to remember. Then. That's an easy one to remember. I yep. like that yep. one. Okay, next one. 2308.7.4. Notches and holes. Notching at the ends of rafters or ceiling joists shall not exceed what percentage of the depth? A, one eighth. B, one third. C, one fourth. D, one half. Third. Nope, one quarter. Quarter? Yep, a quarter. There you have it. Did did you? Th- You're thinking of the middle third span where of like where you can start drilling holes in. No, no, I um, I swear I looked it up. Yeah, yeah, but this we're talking about where you do a bird's mouth, right? We're talking about we're talking about just a just a if this is a I'm gonna if this is a wall, right? Okay. Yep. So and the, you have a joist and you have a ceiling joist sitting on top of the wall. You can you can notch you can notch this down a quarter. You can notch like the top of it down one quarter of the depth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't even. I haven't. None even of the come listeners. All, none of the listeners saw that drawing either. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I haven't had a. I haven't had to do that ever. Well, if you do, there we go. The more you know. Last one twenty three oh eight dot seven dot six. If you notch down and then you put in like a a two by six to connect them all, then is it? It's probably not considered a notch then. Mm, maybe it is it might be i wonder how that would work because it those might. forces are still still acting they're still that. going cutting through it they're not yeah, exactly okay i don't think it would work i don't think it's a substitute 2308.7.6 framing and round openings <clears throat> so this is like if you're framing around openings in a stick frame roof and you are framing out a dormer hole okay think about it that way trimmer and header rafters shall be doubled of shall be doubled or of lumber equivalent cross section where the span of the header exceeds how many feet? A four feet, B five feet, C six feet, D eight feet. What was the lowest one? Uh, four feet. Oh, I should talking to them to the mic. Um, I always thought the rule was. Tell me if you remember this rule or if it's false. Uh, when you're talking about studs for an opening, the studs that you take out, you place. As yes. You, yep. Yep. Um, so then I would say, well, rather than, are they saying instead of doing just one on each side, then I'd say it's the minimum. You'd have to do it at four foot because you have to be, you'd be taking out some. So you, uh, is that the other scenario instead of just putting it, one? Yes. Instead four, of just putting one, when yeah. do you have to double it up? Exactly. Say, I would say four feet. Correct. Woo! The streak continues, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, we will see you all next week. Don't forget, please follow us if you uh, on on the Twitter, on the Facebook. Please leave a a, a review. Um, if it's you know be a two star review, just add five stars right on top of that. Yeah, just do it. Do give, it. Do give it. it to us. We appreciate all of you so much. Um, if you'd like to ever be a guest on the show in terms of being a worst or best advice, email us your audio. You have a um, book book suggestion, email. anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. Yep.